Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd Road, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. In Riverside today, the forecast predicts a high of 57.8 degrees with a chillier low of 50.6 degrees, so grab your favorite sweater before heading out. Now, looking ahead at the top stories for today's news cycle, the stage is set for a political showdown as the 2024 election heats up. Former President Trump makes his move in what's becoming an anticipated rematch against President Biden, and the implications for American democracy are immense. We'll dive deep into what this means for the nation. In international news, a recent fatal runway crash at Haneda Airport has investigators zoning in on air traffic communications. Details are emerging on the critical moments leading up to the tragedy, and we'll bring you the latest updates. Back on home soil, controversy floods the halls of academia as the Harvard president steps down. Allegations of plagiarism are at the center of a debate that seems to encompass more than just academic integrity. We'll unpack the contentious dialogue surrounding conservative critiques and the notion of a weaponized plagiarism charge. Stay tuned for all of these stories and more on Alex's News. In today's top story, we're delving into the complexities surrounding the upcoming 2024 presidential election, described by many as critical to the fate of American democracy. Our reporter Ethan has been following the developments. Ethan, can you give us an introduction to the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. As outlined by a recent PBS NewsHour article, there's a significant chance we'll see a rematch between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump in the next presidential election. But it's not just a standard race, it's fraught with challenges and legal battles that could redefine the political landscape and the very future of our democracy. Ethan, you mentioned legal battles. I understand one crucial issue is whether Trump could be banned from the ballot in some states. Correct. Grace. In the aftermath of January 6, 2021, the insurrection at the Capitol, Trump's eligibility is in question. There's speculation that the Supreme Court might have to decide if states can prevent him from appearing on the 2024 ballot. That's in addition to several federal appeals courts currently considering Trump's argument that he has immunity from prosecution. With so many legal avenues being pursued, what could be the potential implications or consequences of these decisions for Trump and the election as a whole? The stakes couldn't be higher. If Trump were to be barred from the ballot in key states, it could drastically alter the electoral map. The Supreme Court's involvement, which is expected by many, would set a precedent with massive implications for American democracy. We're also seeing prosecutors across the country trying to secure indictments against Trump, so the road to 2024 is quite volatile. Ethan, on the Democratic side, there seems to be concern regarding Biden's age and fitness for the role. How might this factor into the campaign? It's certainly a talking point, Grace. President Biden would be 81 at the time of the next election, so questions about his capacity to serve a second term are inevitable. Furthermore, there might be outsider candidates looking to disrupt the primary process. It's a political environment where traditional norms may not apply. Amidst all this uncertainty, Let's touch on the concept of the insurrectionist ban under the 14th Amendment. How is this playing out across different states? Various legal challenges are invoking the 14th Amendment to argue that Trump should be banned from office due to his alleged role in the insurrection. For instance, Colorado and Maine have made rulings against Trump's eligibility, 
but these decisions are on hold pending appeals. The Supreme Court may have to provide clarity, especially if states reach diverging conclusions. And what are the counter-arguments from those who believe Trump should be allowed to run in 2024? Some argue that excluding Trump infringes upon his First Amendment rights and that the enforcement of the Insurrection Clause is overly political. Others highlight issues with jurisdiction and sovereign immunity. Despite all of this, some states have decided to include Trump in their certified candidate lists, so the legal landscape is fragmented, and it's evolving rapidly. It sounds like the 2024 election is shaping up to be not just a political contest but a defining moment for the nation's values and constitutional principles. Absolutely, Grace. Beyond who wins the election, we're looking at crucial issues like abortion rights, immigration policy, and how America positions itself on the world stage. And at the heart of it all is a debate over who should even be allowed to contest for the presidency. Thank you, Ethan, for that comprehensive analysis. It's clear that as this presidential election approaches, the impact will be felt far beyond the campaign trail. We'll keep our viewers updated as this story progresses. This has been story one of three for today's news. We're moving on to our second story of the morning, a somber situation at Tokyo's bustling Haneda Airport. A devastating runway crash involving a Japan Airlines flight and a Coast Guard aircraft led to a tragic outcome. Joining us now is our reporter Chloe who's following the developments. Chloe, can you walk us through what happened? Yes, Grace. It was a tragic set of circumstances that led to a collision between a Japan Airlines plane and a Japanese Coast Guard plane as one was landing and the other preparing to take off. Five lives were lost in a fiery explosion that ensued. Investigators are now focusing intently on the air traffic communications that preceded the crash. So, at the center of this investigation is the communication, or possibly a miscommunication, with air traffic control. Chloe, what have the transcripts revealed so far? Well, the transcripts haven't shown any clear takeoff approval for the Coast Guard aircraft. Communication between the tower and the planes ended, and merely two minutes later the collision took place. There's evidence to suggest there were differing understandings between Japan Airlines pilots and the Coast Guard pilot about who had permission to use the runway, with both sides claiming they received the go-ahead. That's quite alarming. What steps are the investigators taking to determine how this terrible mistake happened? The Japan Transport Safety Board is leading a thorough investigation. They're planning to interview pilots, officials, and air traffic controllers involved. The aim is to paint a picture of the events leading up to the accident and to explore the potential of professional negligence contributing to this disaster. Are there other factors or peculiarities about this crash they are looking into? Definitely, one of the investigation's unique aspects is evaluating the performance of the airplane fuselages made from carbon composite fibers in such incidents. This will be a real-life assessment for the resilience of Airbus A350 and Boeing 787-type fuselages during accidents, considering that the fire did not penetrate the fuselage immediately. What has been the impact of this crash on operations at Haneda Airport? The crash's impact has been significant, Grace. Haneda Airport had to shut down one of its runways, resulting in about 140 flight cancellations. It's caused quite a disruption, especially for holidaymakers who are scrambling to adjust their travel plans. It's important to remember that Haneda is a vital airport in Tokyo, heavily used by business travelers. You mentioned the Japan Airlines aircraft was an Airbus A350. If I'm not mistaken, that is one of the industry's newest large passenger planes, correct? 
Exactly, it is, and this incident marks the first time an Airbus A350 has sustained such severe damage. It's significant because the specific aircraft involved in this crash was delivered to Japan Airlines just in late 2021. Airbus has sent specialists to help with the investigation, shedding some light on the seriousness of the situation. And in the wake of this tragedy, Chloe, what are the broader implications for runway safety and avoiding such incidents in the future? In response to the recent global airline industry warning about runway safety, practices and preventative measures are really under scrutiny. It's about ensuring rigorous communication, understanding airport surfaces, following taxi operations, and comprehensive pilot training to avoid runway incursions. This tragedy could serve as a catalyst for reviewing protocols and enhancing safety measures. It's incredibly important, Chloe. Thank you for those insights. The story is still developing, and we will continue to follow it closely. That was our news reporter Chloe offering an in-depth look at the tragic accident at Tokyo's Haneda Airport. Thank you, Chloe. Good morning, and here are some other headlines. The Powerball jackpot has made headlines once again, sparking excitement with a significant win in Michigan. On New Year's Day, a lucky ticket holder hit it big, scooping up the estimated $842 million prize, which ranks as the fifth largest in Powerball history and the tenth largest in U.S. lottery history. Purchased at a food castle in Grand Blanc, Michigan, the winner has the option to take a lump sum payout of $425.2 million. However, the windfall brings with it a reminder to play responsibly and consider the possible effects of such a life-altering event. Overseas, tensions are rising as Israel heightens its alert status after a senior Hamas leader was killed in a strike in Beirut. The assassination of Salah al-Aruri, deputy chief of Hamas's political bureau, has raised fears of a broader conflict, with Hezbollah threatening retaliation. While Israel has not officially claimed the attack, the Israeli military remains on high readiness, and regional concerns of escalating violence loom. Tragedy struck at Haneda Airport in Japan, where two aircraft collided on the runway, resulting in a devastating fire and the tragic loss of five lives. Notably, all 379 passengers and crew members aboard the Japan Airlines flight were safely evacuated, demonstrating the critical importance of swift emergency responses. A Coast Guard plane set to deliver earthquake aid was also involved in the incident which has temporarily closed the airport for investigations. In U.S. political news, President Biden is taking the solemn step of visiting sites tied to national trauma as part of his focus on the 2024 election. These visits are expected to underscore the importance of the election and the need for unity in facing the nation's challenges. This campaign strategy is seen as a way to invoke history and draw attention to the pivotal moment the country faces. Lastly, in New York City, authorities are cracking down on souvenir vending on the iconic Brooklyn Bridge. The ban, which starts this Wednesday, is an attempt to alleviate the dangers of overcrowding on the pedestrian pathway. With videos emerging of pedestrians dangerously jumping to avoid congested areas, the city aims to ensure public safety and order on the bridge, known for its panorama of vendors selling various trinkets. Stay tuned for more updates on these stories throughout the day. Turning to our third story of the morning, Harvard University President Claudine Gay's resignation has become a flashpoint for ongoing tensions surrounding higher education. 
It's triggered a complex debate about academic integrity and the political implications that follow. To unpack this multi-layered issue, we're joined by specialist correspondent Ethan. Ethan, can you first give us an overview of the situation involving President Gay? Absolutely, Grace. Claudine Gay, who recently stepped down as president of Harvard University, faced allegations of plagiarism in her doctoral dissertation and journal articles. These were not random accusations but from political adversaries who many believe were intent on discrediting her based on her academic and political standing, viewing her, and potentially the institution, as too liberal. It seems these accusations go beyond a simple matter of academic oversight. Is there a larger context here regarding conservative efforts in higher education we should consider? Certainly, Grace. What we're seeing could be seen as a conservative pushback against what they perceive as ideological biases within academia, particularly at prestigious institutions like Harvard. Christopher Rufo, a conservative activist, celebrated her resignation and even introduced a plagiarism hunting fund. This initiative is quite telling of the current efforts to not simply address misconduct but to strategically expose and challenge the academic environments that conservatives believe foster ideologies they disagree with. Given this drive from conservative activists, what might be the implications or consequences for academic institutions and individuals within them? Well, if allegations of plagiarism are weaponized, they could be used to tarnish reputations and push out academics from positions, especially those engaging with discussions that are at odds with certain conservative views. There's a real concern that academic neutrality and credibility are at stake here. Moreover, it could foster a climate of suspicion and deter educators and administrators from exploring certain topics, significantly impacting academic freedom. Some have pointed to technological tools like plagiarism detection software as potentially contributing to the problem. Could you expand on that? That's a great point. The use of these tools in academia has been a double-edged sword. On the one hand, they're meant to preserve academic honesty, but on the other, when wielded in bad faith, they can result in sometimes trivial similarities being highlighted and misrepresented as deliberate plagiarism. It's the chilling effect on academic work that poses a broader risk, and it's important to distinguish between genuine scholarly misconduct and politically motivated or unfounded allegations. With all this considered, how unique is Gay's situation, and are there any precedents we should be aware of? This isn't an isolated case, unfortunately. Historically, there have been other plagiarism controversies involving Ivy League leaders and professors. A notable comparison is to Gay's predecessor at Harvard, who faced allegations along the same lines. Though her work did indeed require corrections for citation errors, it's also worth noting that some of the scholars she was accused of plagiarizing from disputed the claims as being either false or unsubstantiated. It speaks to the complexity and the delicacy of these situations. Ethan. Thank you for providing that deep dive and shedding light on the many facets of this issue. It's certainly a conversation that seems to be continuing within academic circles and beyond. It's a critical issue, Grace, and I'm sure we'll be following up on this as the story develops. Thanks for having me. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity Appy and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.